Hey, what's up? Welcome to the AV Club podcast. I'm your host, AV Club. My guest today is Ryan Cavender. Ryan Cavender is the new lead pastor at Awaken Church in Round Rock, Texas, just down the road from here. He is a fitness enthusiast. This man runs multiple miles on a daily basis all before his kids even wake up. So he's out in the streets running at like 4.30 a.m., 5 o'clock in the morning. And he, he probably finishes his runs before you guys even can think about snoozing that alarm or yours. That's how good he is. He does all this while balancing a full-time job at a nonprofit organization that helps millions of people globally. He's got a family of his own, and also he leads the church. This guy's got a lot on his plate, but he's got a lot of a lot of knowledge and wisdom to help him along with his journey. And I really enjoyed this conversation we had today. I know you guys will enjoy this one. And I am super honored to be able to share this experience with you guys because this is one of the nicest people I've ever met. And he's a great leader and a great role model. So I hope you enjoy this episode and let's jump right in it. Thanks. We're rolling. Sweet. And just like that, we are on our way. But yeah, I was we were talking about this merch. So I work at the YMCA. Did I tell you that? Yeah, yeah. YMCA. I do the print shop stuff in the back. And she the boss, she has this little machine, it's called like a cricket. And essentially what it does is it, it cuts out like your des- your designs mm-hmm. um on your vinyl paper, and so you gotta do is peel it and then you put it down and you press it. And she hadn't messed with it at all. And I had never seen one or messed with one. I've seen one, but I've never messed with any. And so she was like, here, set this up, learn it, figure it out. And so I was just practicing and I, I was like, well, why not do like my logo and yeah. try to just mess around with it. And so it's like a little sloppy, you can see, but um, it was like a rough cut. Just, it looks great, man. There's a lot of stuff to it. But yeah, I made it like one shirt and I was kind of pumped about it, but I'm like, it's got sparkles on it. Like <laughs> it, it was the only paper we had. And so <laughs> it's that first edition, man, it's a collector's <laughs> item. Yeah, it is, man. I'm gonna. I was thinking about giving it to my sister. So nice. We'll see. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it yet. But yeah. how you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Excited to be here. What time did you get up, and how many miles did you run today? Actually, this is probably the worst day you could ask that because wow. I slept in, man. What, do you, what What is sleeping in to you? Uh, it's probably like six forty-five in the morning. Wow. I've got I've got the two little kids, so I gotta wake up. But yeah. Yeah. Just uh, man, it's been a, a long long recovery process after the last marathon, so. Just trying to listen to my body and get the rest when I need it. That's probably the hardest thing to do, right? Sometimes yeah. that's even harder than like running 20 miles. Oh, is, for sure. Is listening to your body when you need to rest. Yeah. I'm not good at that. It's it's hard. It's just a mental thing with me because I used to be in high school. I used to be kind of chubby. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was a chubby guy in high school. And I even though I played sports, I just was never like, like super fit. I didn't have very much muscle on me. And so... Uh, once I kind of got rolling in my fitness journey, it was like nonstop mm-hmm. and like kind of get addicted to sure. it, especially when you like see the weight loss or like the weight changing and like your body building up. And so like that's a mentality that's kind of always stuck with me. And like sometimes it's not good. You know, sometimes it can be detrimental. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel it whenever I don't run like it's mentally like your body like needs mm-hmm. it. Right. Physiologically. But then like, yeah, if you allow it to like affect you mentally or spiritually, then yeah, yeah, that's a challenge. What, how do you, so what is your normal routine when you're like, let's say you're training for a marathon. What do you, what do you do? Yeah. So when I'm like heavy in the marathon training, I'm probably running like 80, 85 miles a week. So that's probably anywhere between like 10 to 14 miles on like your normal weekday. And then, you know, a long run on the weekend. And yeah. so, yeah, it's up early, man. I always try to be back before the kiddos are, are awake. Um, and so really it's just focusing on my body, man. So getting up early to run and focusing on recovery throughout the day. Yeah. I mean, it's it ends up feeling like a full-time job just the amount of like attention you have to right. you know, focus on your body yeah you got daniel on some of those that uh i don't know what it's called goo or something like that some sort of like gel yeah uh, electrolyte stuff yeah he let me try one it was pretty cool is he using that morton stuff morton yeah. that's what it yeah, is yeah. morton yeah yeah it's crazy man it's just, there's just so much science to it right like everybody thinks like you just need you know pair of running shoes and like yeah it's true to an extent but like once you start doing some serious mileage or wanting to go faster like you really have to pay attention to what you're what you're putting in your body man and, and that's yeah. really for me has been especially the last like couple of years has been the focus and it's paid dividends right yeah that's awesome man what so 
I, I love the fact that you guys, you get up at such an early time. What time do you normally start your day if you were training for a marathon? Uh, it depends, you know, how many miles I'm running. I try to be done with my run by probably 6.30 or so. So if I'm doing, you know, 20 plus miles, I mean, I'm, I'm starting that run probably around mm -hmm. 4 o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah. I like to tell this story to people when they ask, like, about either fitness or, um, especially in the church, right? Somehow fitness will get brought up or running yeah. or something. And uh, at the beginning of this year, we had, like, a promotional thing with this gym called uh, True Fusion Fitness yeah. down in South Austin. And so we would do it in the morning like early, I don't know why we would do it in the morning so early, but we would do it in the morning like really, really early. We'd probably get there at six, and that's an hour drive from us. So, you know, we'd be leaving by five. Sometimes we'd get, you know, six or seven is when we'd get there. Gotta leave an hour at least early. Um, and one time we left at like 5 a.m., 6 a.m., something like that, and we saw you running on Grimes. <laughs> and we were like, like we know where you live so it's like whoa dude he's far from his house already and like we just got up to like we get up we like brush our teeth get ready and then we're out the door like there's no stretching yeah. or anything yeah. like usually because it's like get as much sleep as yeah. you can and yeah. milk that time before you have to actually get it on the yeah. on the road but there's something about starting your day that way though you know what i mean like i think for me you know especially with two young kids and working a couple of jobs like getting out on the road when there's nobody out there mm -hmm. i mean sometimes i'll run straight down the middle of the road because there's no cars on it yeah oh that's uh, cool you know what i mean just yeah. it's so peaceful it's just time to like just i don't know check out reflect whatever i need to do pray um and then i mean man by the time you get home shower up world's just waking up and you've already run yeah. you know a dozen miles or something like that it's mm -hmm. just a great way to start the day it is i love i love waking up early it's just so hard it's <laughs> yeah. so hard when you go to bed late and i find myself in this constant cycle of going to bed like i'm like all right you know today i'll go to bed at you know 11 11 11 30 yeah. which is early for me and i'm like man like I, I got all my stuff done now i just have to get in bed yeah and then i, I it's next thing you know it's 12 o'clock 12 30 and i'm like I'm still sitting in this chair. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then it, it just, I, I pay for it in the morning. <laughs> Big time. For man. sure. For sure. Um, what got you into running? Cause I know we briefly talked about it. Um, yeah. like a couple like two weeks ago or last meeting we had or something like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, I mean like you, I played, played sports in high school, played mm -hmm. baseball all the way through and, uh, you don't run a lot in baseball. Right. So got into bad habits, put on some weight. I was probably about 50, 55 pounds heavier in high school than I oh, am wow. now. Yeah. And so in, in college just found running, ended up going with a buddy for like, I don't know, felt like forever. It was probably like a mile. Uh, but realized, Hey man, when you do this with somebody else, you know, it's kind of enjoyable mm -hmm. and I don't know, just kind of started from there kind of started to go a little bit farther, a little bit longer and yeah. kind of caught the bug, you know, like started to see some of the weight drop off and see the, you know, the impact it was right. having mentally and physically. And, you know, I have a pretty addictive and obsessive personality. And so once I, once yeah. I start something like I want to go full in. Right. And, yeah. And so, you know, eventually ran that first half marathon and the first marathon and first ultra marathon and it kind of just That's, snowballed from there. Do you remember your first marathon time? Uh, first marathon time, I think it was like three fifty or something wow. like that. That's so good. The f whenever we were training, the goal was four. Yeah. The goal was to hit four. Yeah. And obviously, I didn't run it because yeah. it got canceled. Yeah. And then Daniel ran it. I think he got a little yeah. bit like four minutes over this yeah. time that he wanted. Yeah. But three fifty is that's pretty nuts. Honestly, man, <laughs> the first half, like you know, people always say, pace yourself. Like mm -hmm. I did not pace myself, and so like <laughs> the first half was probably like an hour and a half. Like I went blazing out or something like that. And then yeah. the second half was just absolutely brutal. And so I'm, I'm surprised I even ran again after that because the second half of that race, it was out in Arizona and it was hot and oh. it was, it was brutal, man. So I, I learned a lot of lessons and, yeah. you know, have run, you know, a bunch more marathons after that. But, uh, you know, it's always, you know, I think you learn a lot that first time out. Yeah. A, a, yeah. A ton, <laughs> a ton, man. I've learned so much over that period where I was training. It's, it opened my mind up. It, first of all, it strengthened my mind, right? Yeah. Cause when you're running even six is a lot of miles six miles is a lot to like uh, probably most people but when you're doing this marathon training you get to the point where six is like okay like a cool down day right and so you're you're cruising on six and at first it's like oh i gotta run six miles i remember feeling that i remember like my body was just in pain afterwards but then i'm like i did it and i was like i could do it again yeah. if i needed to yeah it just snowballs like yeah. you're mentally yeah. Your mental just grows and gets so much stronger over yeah. like pushing yourself, because I think at that point like we were we for sure weren't training right. Now looking back, like we were not. <laughs> we had a, we had our buddy Adrian who's yeah. like very into the endurance sports, yeah. 
kind of train us, kind of teach us. And, um, you know, we would have like, you know, the longest run we would do during the week would be like a, you know, three or four. And then we'd run like six on the weekend. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a two mile jump, dude. That's, that's <laughs> nuts. But yeah. it's get, just so mental, man. Like that's the only mm-hmm. thing like I t- I've helped people train. I mean, all ages, shapes, sizes and stuff. And it's like, you go out there. I mean, you've seen it in half marathons and marathons, mm-hmm. people that like, don't look like they should be able to be doing what they're doing. Like, it's just cause they've figured out that mental yeah. battle, right? How to, how to beat that mental game. And, and once you can do that, the sky is the limit, honestly, like no matter who you are, you know? Yeah. The sky is the limit. That's true, man. The, uh, what's the most you've ever ran in a race, uh, in ultras? Uh, so the most miles, mm-hmm. most miles uh, yeah. so I had a DNF, so did not finish a hundred mile race. And I, I ended up, uh, calling it quits after 68 miles, 68 miles. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Where was that one at? That was, uh, out North of Houston. Okay. trail race oh gross yeah so the longest one that i finished was a uh, comrades marathon in uh, south africa that was 54 miles oh what yeah how do you do you train for that just like anything else like you just slowly increase and then have that long run it's more so about doing like back-to-back long runs that's the key so like the during the week stuff looks pretty much the same but then like i'd be doing like you know marathons on back-to-back days like saturday sunday multiple times throughout that that training cycle it's about just getting used to running on tired legs yeah ultimately you know you get to the back half of that race you're not running the whole thing and you're certainly not running it fast and so just getting used to what it feels like to to run on those tired legs yeah Yeah. what do you do you have like an idea of what like a good pace is for a run like that to to maintain or i guess to finish at i mean it depends on on who you are this yeah i mean comrades is famously pretty hilly race and so the terrain you know makes a difference too and so yeah uh, comrades is a cool race though man like it's you got to look this up. It's it's unbelievable race. It's got a twelve hour time limit. There's like twenty five thousand people run this race, Whoa. which any other what? ultra marathon is like maybe you know a thousand people or whatever. This is the world's oldest, largest ultra marathon, and it's twelve hour time limit, and that's like a hard cutoff. So Whoa. they'll literally like at the finish line, if you if you're like about to cross and it hits like twelve hours on the dot, they shoot a gun off and they will literally like have like security like guard that finish line like you don't get to finish whoa it's the most like dramatic moment in sports bro like <laughs> i honestly like i i had finished you know well ahead of that but i was watching people finish and you see them coming in with like you know 30 seconds to go or whatever and they're just like just like crawling towards the finish line it's the most like agonizing thing because then you oh. see the people that just miss it by like we're talking 100 feet or less yeah. you know what i mean whoa. who have gone 54 miles to come How up like a hundred feet that? short. They don't get a medal. They don't get a official finish time. They went like literally the whole way. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. That's gnarly, man. Heartbreaking. And then you see some of them who still like, you know, they're, they're coming in gun went off five minutes ago and they're running hard. They're like, you know what? I'm going to finish the distance. They right. may not get that medal. So like, it's just one of the most unbelievable moments I've seen, like in all of yeah, sports, man, that, that's that finish line at comrades. What'd you, what'd you finish that one in? Uh, it's about nine hours and 40 minutes, something like that. Wow. Yeah. That's insane, man. Yeah. yeah. 54? 54 miles, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So the original marathon was invented in uh, Greece, right? Or it's a... Uh, yeah, at least that's the yeah uh, the legend, right? right. Like something about uh, the, the dude ran to the city of Marathon, which was like 25 miles, yeah. give news about some battle or something. And, and then he, he died, right? He died, yeah. <laughs> so then somebody thought it was a good idea to, <laughs> to follow in his footsteps and that's eventually great. people stopped dying, but... <laughs> Yeah, and then at some point they they increased it to twenty six point two, and whenever they did that, that's and anytime I run past twenty five miles at that marathon, I'm like, man, why yeah. they have to add on that one point two? Because that last one point two is rough. <laughs> I can only imagine, man. I can only imagine. I only got to twenty, and that was rough. Yeah, you got to go. You got to go run that marathon, man. Uh, yeah. You got to twenty. You basically did. That's. You gotta I know, go. man. It's just I. You know what I got to do is just maintain the the cross training in it. Yeah. If I did that, then that would definitely help my, at least my mental and then my, my physical. Yeah. Cause I just was so weak at, at, you know, six, seven months of training with no weightlifting at all, like just destroyed me. And then obviously you have times where you're like at highs, you're like, man, I can't wait to run this thing. And then you're like, man, why am I doing this? I don't, I shouldn't be doing this. I should yeah. be, have a kettlebell in my hand or something. <laughs> That's crazy. That's how I thought about it at least. But yeah, yeah man. Uh, how old are your children again? So Caleb is six and Avery's three. Wow. Yeah. How's it like? How was uh, that experience having a family and kids, man? Man, I love those kids so much. Like we're so blessed. Yeah. They're such good kids, but honestly, it's it's a trip, man. It's like you know, kind of learning to 
fly the plane as you as you as you're right. learning to fly the plane as you build it or however you want to say that like you know ultimately like yeah i saw my parents you know parent me but mm-hmm. ultimately it's like okay how do we how do we do this and so Lindsay and i are always like trying to have side conversations about okay what should we do in this situation like you know, every, every situation, especially with Caleb, who's like six and he's in kindergarten now, it's like, it's a new thing for us. So he'll yeah. respond in a certain way. And it's like, I mean, I don't know how to respond to that. And so right. obviously we always try to go back to scripture and to yeah. the examples that have set before us, but man, it's a, it's a trip learning how to parent. That it's crazy to think about, man. I, I'm definitely not ready for that yet, but <laughs> it's cool though. I love kids and, uh, your kids are adorable, man. They're <laughs> so freaking adorable. It's so funny to watch watch Caleb sometimes in church like I'll just be looking around and then he's sitting in the front row with you guys sometimes yeah. and he's like doing his own thing and then sometimes he's like you know actually singing and, yeah. and moving along it's just crazy to see these like little kids how they're so young and so inexperienced and how they just it's a new experience for them in, in these certain situations and you get to witness that like you know every time especially you up close and personally yeah that's amazing. It's humbling, man, just to, to see him. I grew up, I was a pastor's kid, and so yeah. like I was in his shoes, essentially. And, right, right. Um, to see him worshiping the way he does, to, to hear his heart for Jesus in the way that we get to, like, man, like, that's nothing but nothing but God you know, can do that. Like, right. We, we try to do our best, but ultimately, like, I look at that, and I'm like, man, we're so blessed to have such yeah. a such a strong kid and such a heart for, for others and stuff. And so, man, it's it's awesome. But, man, with parenting, with, with running, with church i mean it's all about just trying to be faithful with what god's given us and yeah and trying to be as disciplined as possible but ultimately like with all those things it's like you just got to get out there like got to get your feet moving when it's mm-hmm. running you got to just like be intentional with the kids like you know just about being disciplined it's there's the, yeah. the parallels between those three like areas of my life or yeah it's pretty crazy yeah i actually just listened to a, a podcast actually it's you ever heard of bpn supplements I don't think so. Bear, it's Bear Performance Nutrition. Okay. And uh, they're local. They're they're out of Round Rock. They're okay. like right behind or right um, on Sunset, I think is what it is. Okay. Sunset by like where Taco Bell is and stuff like that over here in Round yeah, Rock. Yeah, yeah. And anyways, this, this guy is like was asked asked questions by like some of the people who follow him on Instagram. And some one of the questions was, do you think hard work um, and discipline – are all it takes to be successful. And then he just said basically exactly what you said. It's like, you, it's the intention behind what you're yeah. doing and like, cause you can work hard, but you can also be working hard at the wrong things. Yeah, You can be disciplined in the wrong aspects, but if you're intentional in what you do and you know, and you're focused on that, that certain goal or that certain task, then it's more meaningful. And you know, you won't really succeed without that intention because it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing it for? for Who sure. are you doing it for? Yeah, what's that ultimate goal? What's that what's that destination? Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy that you bring that up. I just like just last night I listened <laughs> to that, so it sparked a little yeah. memory bank. But how does how does how do you balance raising your kid, uh as you being a pastor, how do you balance that without trying to like burn them out? Because you know, you hear a lot of stories about like the pastor's yeah, kid for sure. and they stray far away from the church, usually, yeah. you know, in, in yeah. those situations. Or they're a little crazy, a little rowdy, but is that something you've considered yet? Or like, is that something that you're trying to focus on and like, not like push them too hard, but like, you know, how does that balance work yeah. for you guys? Yeah, no, that's, that's a good question. Um, I mean, that's part of my story, right? I grew up in church, like my whole family worked at the church. I went to school there. I was there seven days a week. Wow. You know what I mean? And so, and I, I did the typical kind of pastor's kid thing, right? And I rebelled in parts of high school and definitely in college. And so, you know, Ultimately, I think for me, it's it's a couple of things. It's realizing that, you know, Caleb and Avery are their own people mm-hmm. and not putting pressure on them to be anything that they're not. Uh, I definitely rely on Lindsay a lot too. Um, I think sometimes I can be maybe a little bit, I don't know, too aware of what happened to me and maybe even project things onto them, like not wanting them to rebel or do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Lindsay helps me kind of keep a, an even balance. But ultimately, I think it's just not putting pressure on these kids. I mean, kids in general these days, like I have so much pressure on them at school and with, you know, I don't know, social media, all those sorts of things. Yeah. And so yeah. I think it's just being present with them, man, and, you know, let them know there's no pressure for them to be a certain way. Like Caleb doesn't need to become a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want him to be his own person. Um, and so even when it comes to like, he loves coming with me to set up and tear down at church. And so, I mean, I leave that up to him every time. Like he wants to still, but like, I'm never going to force him to right. force him to do that. You yeah. Know? That's cool. That's really neat. Um, Hey, just real quick. Can you turn the mic like a little angled? This way. 
Uh, the other way. Yeah, and then push it to your your right a little bit, just so it's not directly in your. You yeah. know what I mean? There you go. That's perfect. Cool. Sorry. Does that make your arms awkward? You can no, you can good. move it if you yeah. need to. Okay, cool, cool. Sorry about that. No, it's good. Um, I'm the I'm the, you know, I'm the cameraman. I'm the producer. I'm, <laughs> yeah. the, I'm the host. So, <laughs> trying to make it easy on myself later. Yeah. But that's awesome, man. Because you know, I know that because I'm I'm Catholic. You know, Catholic yeah. is what I grew up in and, and raised in, and so. Um, in the Catholic faith, a lot of the times you find that kids are, are being forced to go to church. They're being forced to uh, do the things that they find are boring or find not fun. And and that's, in my opinion, why they sh lead astray a lot of the time, you know? Yeah. And that's any church, really. But that's my experience was in the Catholic church. And so I have like a you know very intimate and personal relationship with that one. Um, but yeah, and so being forced into anything is not necessarily a good thing i don't yeah. think because then it, it in my personal opinion it leads uh it inclines you more to leave the whatever you're doing no matter if it's like sports for example like if you're being pushed like super hard to do sports and you don't have a passion for it yet or you haven't developed it but you're being forced to go play you know four hours after school and then wake up early and practice you know like all the time it's being forced upon you yeah it's easier for you to be like i don't want to do this this is yeah. this isn't this isn't what I like. I'm not having right. fun, right. you know? Yeah, God's given us, you know, desires. He's given us an identity. And mm -hmm. it's pretty rare when, like, parents or the church can, like, hit that nail on the head. You know what I mean? Like, right. even if their intentions are good. Like, I love playing baseball growing up. But, like, I knew that wasn't me. That's not what I wanted to do. And right. so, like, to continue to force me to play. And my parents never did that. But if they did, it's like, that's ultimately not what I want. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, it's just as, as low pressures we can put on Caleb as much as we can speak into his identity and give him the freedom to be who he wants to be. Man, yeah. I think that's that's where it needs to be. That's awesome. Yeah, that is really cool. Uh, I I love I love that answer, man. And of course, it's some insight for me in the future whenever yeah. I have kids or if I have kids. You know, yeah. that's a good perspective, and it's also good like leadership for you, yeah. not even just to your son to others. So, yeah. hopefully, whoever hears this will <laughs> take that advice. You know, yeah. Um, so how was that for you growing up as a pastor's kid? Yeah. Were you kind of like, you know, dragged along for the ride and, and got a bad taste in your mouth because of it? Uh, no. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think the environment that I grew up in, the, the, the church where my parents worked, uh, didn't really align with the type of faith, the type of uh, relationship that I wanted to have with Jesus. Mm -hmm. and, um, the church did a lot of good. A lot of people came to the Lord, but... Uh, there was just something that just sat differently with me. Um, but nevertheless, obviously it's where my parents were working. It's where I went to mm -hmm. school. And so it was where I went to church and tried to honor them in that. Um, but it was a unique place to grow up, man. Um, especially with, with parents that, that worked there and being there all the time. Like people saw me a certain way. I felt like I needed to act a certain way. Right. Right. And so naturally, right. You get out from under that, that microscope, if you will. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, who am I? Right. If you're not hanging around the right people or if you put yourself in the wrong situation, you go searching for your identity in the wrong places, which, you know, was the case for me. And so, um, you know, ran from it for a little while by the grace of God. He, he brought me back, didn't let me go too far off. He uh, lasted you back in, man. Yeah, man. No, for sure. And so that's where <laughs> like, I'm super grateful that I did grow up in church because I had that foundation. Mm -hmm. I knew what I was doing, you know, when I went away to college or whatever, I knew it was wrong. And so I had enough, uh, enough of a spiritual foundation to know um, that that's not who I was. Mm. I mean, I don't know who exactly I was, but I knew, I knew that wasn't it. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. And so um, now, yeah, I'm just more intimately aware of kind of where Caleb's mind's going to be at as he gets older. Right. Uh, and just want to shepherd that well. But, uh, you know, my parents did a great job, man. I think they, they put me in the right spot. Ultimately, I think, you know, it was on me to figure out my what my identity was. Right. Um, and it wasn't until college that I really even heard, you know, this reference to like a personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. You know, I've ever heard that I had like my own identity in Jesus that I didn't have mm -hmm. to have like my parents identity. Right. That I right. was just like part of like a family identity, like that I had a personal identity, personal relationship with Jesus and that yeah. changed everything. That's, that's huge. Uh, and a lot of people don't know that, which is, you know, and fortunate for you, you were able to find that. Right. But some yeah. people aren't yeah. and um, a little bit about my my background in that is that like my dad is catholic his whole family's catholic and my mom was uh non-denominational like 
a ch- that's the kind of church you would always attend. Yeah. And my, I think he's my great grandpa. He would just call him grandpa, but uh, he had his own church for a while. And so, okay. you know, she kind of grew up in there and, and when they got married and stuff, it went more the Catholic route, which was cool. Like I loved growing up in the Catholic church and I've had no bad experiences with it at all. Unfortunately, others have, but like, you know, I, that wasn't me. And so, uh, growing up with my mom being in the non-denominational side and my dad being on the Catholic side, I kind of got the best of both worlds. And so I have a unique perspective in, in that I've, I know the, the prayers that are, um, written, right? I know I have these memorized prayers that are written from the Bible or said from these saints or these whoever, mm-hmm. right? But I also know that like the personal relationship is just as important, if yeah. not more important, yeah. because like that's how you get to know God and that's how you you grow in your faith, right? Because yeah. like I was I was lucky enough to go to both churches. Yeah. And so I knew when my mom, because my mom was like the prayer sayer in the family. And yeah. so she she would say these prayers that weren't like our father you know like straight scripted prayers quote unquote right she would say what was on her heart what she like wanted to be prayed for what she asked for and so it was very specific and i was like oh that's you know different so that's kind of how we grew up praying and then we have this perspective i say we as in me and my brother and my sister we have this perspective of like both like we know the benefits of both sides and so a lot of people I would say in the Catholic faith don't necessarily know that one-on-one personal connection. Yeah. Cause it's not really taught, you know, it's, it's very like, I, I told this to, I think it was Ben or someone the other day, but I was like, it's like seventh day of school or a sixth day of school. Um, you know, you get Saturday off then you got to go to Sunday school on, on yeah. you know, Sundays. And so it's just crazy that the difference in, uh, how awaken has been for me compared to how, all the other churches has been to me but like like i said again i've never had a bad experience in yeah. either what do you feel um, like has changed your relationship with jesus in terms of like actually diving into like a more like protestant non-denominational church yeah um probably probably the aspect of community which is like i know that's what awakens kind of tries to hit yeah. and tries to nail in is the community aspect of it <clears throat> um you know, growing up in church, we would just get in our pew and it was very quiet most of the time, right? You say your prayers, everybody says them out loud, but then you don't really get to talk. You get to sing, but it's like not songs that like, they're not songs people want to sing. They're like, you know, um, very traditional type songs. And at Awaken, you get to sing with like your heart. And my mom has always kind of talked about that. It's like, how's the worship at the church? How's the worship at the church? And that's because it's a huge, it's a huge thing. Like I never, never, I've never realized that in the past, how big that was, but uh, the worship in the community are probably the biggest things that awaken, which that book we read was like huge on both of those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you just feel closer to people like, like, let's say I'm going to name drop here, but rich, like rich who goes to our church. If I, you know, if I wouldn't have joined this group, if I wouldn't have like reached out or if the church wouldn't be as open about like community as it is, I probably would not even know Rich's name, you know, like just, just the fact that I wouldn't have gone up to talk to him or if I did, it would have been like a, Hey, what's up, man? Like, yeah. you know, and then that would have been it. But like yeah. now I'm like, I know Rich, we're like friends. He's like way older than me, but like we're friends yeah. and same with a lot of the other guys that are uh, yeah. attending the church. And yeah. that aspect of it is cool because, you know, we used to just go to church and then you go get donuts and coffee, yeah. you'd probably sit with your family yeah, yeah. and then you'd leave. You know, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the relationship is huge. And that's what's <clears> funny <throat> as you're talking, I'm thinking about like the, the parallels to running, right? Like I told you like running really wasn't fun for me until I did it with somebody else, right? And then I didn't start to get faster or go farther until I started running with guys who ran faster or farther than me, right? Mm-hmm. And so like this idea of us like growing in our faith, like that's where that personal relationship, not just with Jesus, is just a, a given, but like with others is so important. Mm-hmm. And guys like Rich or Don or Keith, guys who've like gone before us, maybe a few years older than us, yeah. where that's so important to know like, <laughs> hey, they've got teenagers, right? I can learn from them. Or you're looking at me like, hey, he's got a couple of kids, like right. I can learn from him. And like, that's what gets us to go farther, gets us to go faster. I would have never, 
been running the times I'm running now if I didn't start running with this group that I'm running with. Right. You know what I mean? Same thing as us hanging out and being a part of this this men's group that we do at church. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, that's how we that's how we get better. Like, yeah, we look to Jesus, but like it's also important to have like real life practical examples around you of guys who can like show you how it's done. Right. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Which is huge, you know. And it that reminds me of my dad. Bringing me back to my dad is my dad learned all these skills like growing up from obviously just jumping in with no prior experience or knowledge but and learning it but he's also learned a ton from his brothers he's got like six or seven brothers and they're all older than him or most of them are older than him right i think he's like the second youngest and so they passed down all this knowledge to him because they work with them and you know they're close and like i'm talking my dad can fix a car he can fix plumbing. He can probably build a house. Oh, he did build a house. He built like a full <laughs> shed in our backyard. Nice. I I went to college, you know, as you do when you're in college. And I came back like a couple months later. He built like a whole like shed that looked like a little house in our backyard. Nice. I was like, did you buy this or make this? And he's yeah. like, no, I made it. And I was like, what? I didn't know you could do that. You know, like <laughs> random stuff. Yeah. Anyways, the point is like, uh, like he learned all this stuff from his brothers being around them and being involved and, and them teaching like, just like you had said, like with the church. So it's right. discipleship. Man, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like it's like us imparting the wisdom that God's given us and the experience mm-hmm. onto somebody else and helping them grow. Like that's discipleship one oh one, man. That's why yeah. I, I love this group, man. I think it's probably the most solid group, most like multi-generational multi-ethnic group that we've had. Yeah. It's this men's group, you know what I mean? And it's just cool to see, the other guys disciple on each other too. Like it's been awesome. It, it has been awesome, man. I've really enjoyed that. And it's been a goal of mine to start reading. And this is like, I think I told you at the beginning, I was like, yeah, I didn't want to join this <laughs> men's group. So by that feeling I got, I probably, I knew that I probably should join. Yeah. And then it also helped me with readings. It's like yeah. double win, but so good. Um, I have a question for you, man. Do do people call you Pastor Ryan just in the streets? Like they're like, hey, Pastor Ryan. Do they do they just call you that all the time? It depends on who it is. Um, yeah, we actually had some of the some of the gals from church over last night helping Lindsay out, getting mm-hmm. ready for this woman's event this weekend, and some of them walk in and go, "Hey, Pastor Ryan." I'm like, "You don't have to call me that." Like, I I appreciate the respect and and all yeah. that, but at the same time, like, you know, I want to be, you know, their friend as well. Right. Um, especially when they're coming into my home. And so I'm fine with either. I'm still getting used to, to being called out again, especially yeah. growing up as a, as a pastor's kid. Like I always saw myself as the pastor's kid, not the pastor, but um, honestly, it's like one of my life's greatest honors to, to pastor this church, man. And so um, there's a, it's not a prideful thing, but there's a joy in my heart when somebody calls me that because it reminds me of, yeah. of what God's called me to and the responsibility he's given me. Right. You know? Yeah. That's crazy. I'm going to, I think I'm going to have to start, uh, I'm going to start having people call me, video video Aaron videographer Aaron <laughs> just put my title before it that's funny no but I was seriously curious about that because I whenever we're not in church honestly I mean I consider you a friend and you yeah. are the pastor of the church so I, I just feel like calling you like Ryan is appropriate um and so I wanted to ask you that because I was like if you're just at the store or anything and someone's like oh pastor Ryan it's like does that ever happen to you when you get called out in the middle of a yeah, store? Yeah, I mean, I again, I prefer Ryan, man. Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> I don't ever want you calling me Pastor Ryan. Some people say PR or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, again, to me, it's it's, it's about the relationship. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. if that's how you grew up, you know, some people, some people, it's like that. That's how they grew up. That's how they were raised. Like, hey, that's fine. But right, I'm right. never going to ask somebody to call me that, you know? Yeah, that's funny, man. That's <laughs> cool, though. How, well, how do you like it so far being the uh, the lead pastor of yeah. the church? Yeah, man, it's been a it's been a journey. Um, I know you've heard a little bit of, of that story, um, but God's been so gracious and so faithful, man. I think even just in the way that everything transpired, like I know this is something God called me to like mm-hmm. over a decade ago, but He was just like was just super gracious and patient with me as I think He needed to, you know to do some work on my heart, mm-hmm. uh, probably on my head too, uh, <laughs> and to get me to this point. And so, you know hooked up with Ben, I met him about three years ago, and then I kind of just started that journey. Um, I don't think either one of us saw it kind of come into this point, but I think God just directed our path through it, man, and um, it's been unbelievable. So I think it was, what, November when I stepped into the role, and Mm -hmm. God's just been so faithful, man, to bring just an incredible team, you know, adding guys like Josiah and Daniel to our, uh, you know, to our staff, but even even just the people that have come in the church since we came back from COVID, man, um, just unbelievable people with a heart for others um it's just been so cool to just to be a part of man like i just feel like 
I don't know. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, man, to get yeah. to pastor such incredible people. It. So this is like I'm. I'm being genuinely honest right now. It feels really special being in that church. Mm. It feels like I was telling this to Taylor. There's like a momentum that's going on <laughs> right now in the church, and you can kind of feel it. And I've never said that before about anything. Like I'm not trying to say it because you're the pastor and you're sitting yeah. in front of me. <laughs> I truly feel this like yeah. momentum. Um, this very, very positive momentum that's building in the church. And I don't know what it is or yeah. what it's from, or, or I know it's from the people, obviously, you know, but um, I don't know. It's awesome, man. Yeah. It's so cool. And yeah. I'm like, it's like a super, it's, it's, the church is so good in my opinion. And, you know, there's a lot of different things that play into the word good when you're talking about a church, but I, I like the church so much that I'm like not wanting to miss ever. Yeah every time I have the opportunity to go or to, to do anything, I'm like, I want to jump on it as fast yeah, as I can yeah. just because it's, I don't know. It's yeah. like fun. You know, yeah. it's not like a boring place to be. It's a fun, yeah. lively place. And, um, I'm glad to hear you say that, man. And I, I think that's been the conversation we've been having too, especially with the, uh, me and Josiah is like, it's hard to put your finger on exactly what's going on, but it's like, you yeah. know, that, that God's moving. And I think, Ultimately, to me, man, it's like I think it's that we have a shared vision, not just like as a staff, but I think all of our people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a shared heart for for the lost. There's a shared like expectation that God's going to be doing something amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately, like we know God's going to be faithful. And really, I think He's in a lot of time just waiting for us to like catch up with that idea yeah. and, and and to lean into that and mm-hmm. to, you know, I say it all the time, like man. God, just wreck our plans. You know, if you've got something different for Awaken, let us know what it is. But I feel like he's given us a clear direction and he's just equipped us with the people. And just, I mean, it's been amazing to see some pretty miraculous things that have happened in terms of who he's brought in, in terms of the way he's provided for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, very few churches can say that they've, you know, grown in the midst of COVID and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And just the momentum we've seen given the circumstances right. is pretty rare man so again i don't i don't know exactly where god's you know leading us i think i've got a pretty good idea but man it's it's just fun to be along for the ride very fun to be along for the ride and going back on the point of the the people that have come like so daniel and and josiah those guys are great man they're so funny and like sometimes josiah (laughs) josiah told me he doesn't listen to podcasts so he doesn't he better not listen to this (laughs) we could talk we could talk about him now (laughs) he's so goofy man it's (laughs) so funny i love his like quirkiness and um the cool thing about it is that it's all really focused towards the lord which is like you know anybody that works for a church with the church it's like that's what you want to hear right like you want them to be all about the church all about god all about whatever it is and so he he's just embodies that to a T and then uh, Taylor and I had uh, dinner with Daniel and Lauren. Yeah. Um, And they're great, man. They're, they're so funny and fun people to be around. And they have some ideas that they kind of shared with us about um, the next steps that they want to start implementing. And he's like already thinking about all these things, all the media, all the the stuff to get the kids in. And it's awesome, man. It's so cool. And um, they're young adults. They're, they're the people that you want, not that age is, you know, whatever, but right. they're like the people that are going to get the job done, I feel. For so sure. Yeah, I think with both of those guys, man, like when we brought them on, I was like, all I saw was just these guys that were in just relentless pursuit of Jesus mm-hmm. and just wanted to bring as many people along for the ride as they could, man. Yeah. So like literally everything we do, I mean, yesterday we're trying to, you know, get our YouTube kind of cleaned up and looking good and so daniel's like trying to figure out okay how can we be pointing to jesus with it from like hashtags to our, the titles of our messages all these sorts of things yeah. I mean, like everything that we do and especially with those guys it's really about how can we point more people to jesus in this and so everything else kind of it just kind of comes from there right yeah. like the worship songs like for josiah and the, the the set list or whatever if it's daniel putting on events like hey man if that's our our, our main goal mm-hmm. and for all of that shared vision that's where that that momentum comes from yeah know? Yeah, exactly. And um, Josiah is a fool, man. He tried to get me to be in the band. He's like, he's like, because I, I mentioned that I played the guitar a little bit, yeah. and I, by no means am I good. Like, I probably, I know probably three or four chords, and I could put some of them together sometimes to make like a song that you know, replicate a song, right? Just play a cover. And he's like, dude, you play instruments? Come join the band. He's like, dude, I shred on the electric. That's my thing. So come play the acoustic in the back. I was like, no way, man. I'm not good. But they got Glenn. 
Yeah. You met Glenn? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, Glenn is, uh, I don't know him very much, but Daniel and them went to school with him. Yeah. So yeah. he's solid. Yeah. You Good should guy. get up there and play, man. That's what we've been talking about, right? Like you got to get out there and just give it a <laughs> shot. You're out there with guys who are going to help train you up and who knows, man. Yeah. Maybe I'll have uh, Rich's wife teach me uh, the piano. There you go. But uh, I know you, you I know you play the keyboard a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Did you, uh, did you happen to listen to that podcast with Gideon, by the way? Oh, yeah. Dude, how crazy is that? I'm sure you've heard most of that before, but Gideon's amazing, man. That's I'll never, I'll never forget. I was, I was preaching one day and I was sharing about my work with World Vision. And he comes up to me afterwards and he goes, "Hey, he's like, he's like, I don't know if you knew this. I used to work for World Vision." I was like, "Are you for real?" He's like, "Yeah, helped like drill wells in, uh, in Mauritania." I was like, "No way!" And that just unlocked. Yeah, his his story is unbelievable, man. Like That's to have crazy. somebody like that who's that passionate, but who has that kind of experience. I mean. I'm I'm so excited for that guy and how the Lord is going to use him. Yeah, man, he's he's got so much talent and skill and passion in everything he does. It blows my mind because he gets up there and he just lets it all out. There's like, was it the we were reading that book where it's like release all your arrows? Yeah, man, he's got no arrows in his quiver, <laughs> man. He's he's letting them all fly. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the kind of faith that that guy has. It's freaking awesome, and he's just a good guy, and he's funny too yeah. so it's like this all well, that's right. why it's fun to be led by guys like him and like josiah is like you know they're giving it everything you got right yeah and when you're trying to follow somebody especially like in worship we're like guys probably like you and i right maybe not have the greatest voices like mm-hmm. may not know exactly what we're doing like if you're right. following after somebody who's leading like that like it's so much easier to like let go of yourself and all yeah. whatever hesitations or fears or whatever insecurities you might have and just like give your all to jesus yeah you're seeing them do it you know right 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 yeah man uh, what is so? What is World Vision? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I, so World Vision is a global uh, humanitarian nonprofit organization. It's actually one of the I think the oldest. So it's a Christian organization. Um, it's actually what brought uh, Lindsay and me and the kids out here to Texas. And so um, I took a job working uh, originally with churches, uh, like all of our church partners throughout Texas. And so most people know World Vision through like child sponsorship. You know, you sponsor a child for like 39 bucks a oh, month. You write okay. them letters and stuff. But ultimately what World Vision does is trying to just eliminate poverty around the world. And so raising communities up out of poverty, getting them to self-sustainability. Right. World Vision is the number one provider of clean water, uh, non-government uh-huh. provider of clean water throughout the world. Um, so World Vision is in about a hundred different countries. I mean, it's, it's a massive organization, about 40,000 yeah. people. And so, wow. uh, still working with World Vision while doing the, the lead pastor gig. And so now I'm working with, uh, with our individual donors, mm-hmm. um, getting to, to raise funds for these, these projects, helping communities and kids around the world. That's insane, man. How do you balance that? Do you work there like full time still while doing the? Yeah. Yeah. So doing World Vision full time and it's, you know, it's kind of a unique role because obviously I'm working from home, traveling all over the state. Um, and so meeting with donors kind of on their, like on their time. You're currently traveling all over the state, like during the week. Is that what you do? I mean, less right now because of COVID. Yeah. But yeah, I spend, oh, right, right, spend right. a good amount of time in like Houston, Dallas, even get up to, to Tulsa, to Oklahoma a little bit. Um, you know, right now it's been kind of nice cause you can do a lot of it virtually and over right. the phone. But yeah, I was just in, uh, in the woodlands North of Houston this past weekend, uh, wow. at a dinner with a group of donors and stuff. And so, man, it's such a blessing and it's cool too. Cause now that I'm working with individual donors, like getting to really kind of pastor them in a lot of ways, uh, people who trying to figure out how they can give of their, you know, resources, right. You know, primarily financial yeah. to, to better the kingdom. And so getting to kind of shepherd them through that, seeing how the two roles that I get to serve in overlap has been, been pretty awesome, man. But yeah, world vision's an incredible organization. So I, yeah. I pinch myself every morning, man, I get to wake up and I get to help, you know, kids and communities around the world in Jesus name. And then I get to, you know, be invested into our community, you know, wow. drawing people closer to Jesus as well. Like, That's crazy. Yeah. Do you uh do you ever play the pastor card? Be like, hey, I'm a pastor of the church, and give me some more money. <laughs> Does that ever? No, happen? no. I mean, most of them know that that, that I am a pastor. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't uh, haven't hit them up. Want to want to you know keep those two things separate. But, yeah, right, uh, right, right. At the same time, like it's been helpful, you know, because it's opened up opportunities for me to like to pray for them, and some of them will watch, you know, uh, our sermons, you know, online. And oh, that's awesome. Know that they can lean on me for that, and so it, it, it's changed and deepened some of those relationships. So again, it's cool to see kind of where that where that overlaps been. Yeah. Um, and how it's just uh, helped, you know, those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's amazing, man. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being in two roles like that. That's that's heavy stuff, man. That's a lot of uh, <laughs> responsibility in a way, but. It's a lot to juggle sometimes, man, but yeah. ultimately it's, again, it's having the, the shared vision of trying to 
connect people to Jesus or serve yeah. people in Jesus name. And like, for me, it's more so just figuring out, okay, making sure I'm using the right email address and, <laughs> right. you know, keeping, keeping things separated as best I can. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very impressive, man. I, sometimes I'm like, man, there's not enough time in the day for me to play call of duty. And so I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how you juggle all that. Well, it's, no call of duty. That's, <laughs> that, that's the start. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. Um, so how, how has this lead pastoral role changed your your view on the church yeah yeah it's good um i think i was telling ben this the other day i was like i've seen pastors do it you know i was, I was walking with pastors in my role with world vision I've, I've been walking with ben for the last few years there's just certain things like you know are going on you don't really fully understand until you're in that role until you're sitting with that family when they're hurting mm-hmm. until you're, you know, uh, having those difficult conversations, you know, with members of your congregation until you're kind of under that weight, that pressure. Um, there's nothing to, there's nothing to mimic it. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think for me, it's, uh, especially growing up with a little bit of church hurt and kind of that church background. It's, I, I think I've found a lot of grace for my, for my own dad, for my own parents. Um, for some pastors that came before me, just realizing, Hey, how, how big of a challenge this is, how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me more so, I think than anything, it's trying to figure out, okay, how can I stay, how can I stay healthy? Right. You see all the time in the news or whatever, all these pastors either having, you know, moral failures, uh, or worse, right. There's some that, you know, not to get too serious here, but like taking their own lives, right. you know what I mean? Just because the, the weight and the pressure can be so right. much. And so that, I think that's been the ultimate thing for me is, man, how can I, how can I stay balanced? You know, again, especially working a couple of jobs and with the kids and everything else. Yeah. How can I stay healthy in this? That's where, I mean, honestly running plays a big part running. in that, keeping my mind clear, staying active, those sorts of yeah. things. And so I think that's what I've, what I've learned most. And honestly, it's just, it's expanding my love for people. You know, God's just opened my heart in a lot of ways towards, towards people to have, you know, more empathy for them, to see right. them the way that, the way that Jesus sees them. And I've got a kind of a pastor shepherd type of heart. Um, that's where I try to lead from. Um, and God has just been so faithful to, to open that up more. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you, you know, you felt the Lord kind of calling you towards this role 12 years ago, 10 years ago. About, yeah. So what what changed? Like, why did you decide to all of a sudden, cause this is a pretty quick transition, right? You've only been going to awaken. It's only been a thing for four years, right? Four uh, or five years. Less than that. We'll be three years old in September. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that change so quickly? Especially some like three years, you weren't a pastor Yeah. to yeah. now you're the lead yeah. pastor. How yeah. did that change? That's what's been cool, man. Is I think, you know, when I first felt that call in my heart, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I kind of gave, gave God the Heisman, gave him that, that stiff arm. Yeah. And then even though I was kind of giving him the stiff arm here, he was equipping me in so many ways, man. Like the, the, the guys that he brought into my life to mentor me, the churches that we were at, like one of the churches I went to, uh, it's called the village church. It's out in Irvine, California. We were living out there. Okay. I mean, they, they basically ran like a mini seminary. I mean, we we were wow. reading, I mean, you think what we're doing now is intense with our group. I mean, we were reading like three, four books a month or more. Yeah, it was intense. We met every Thursday for like three hours. Like, oh my god! Yeah, and so I basically got you know God was just equipping me along the way in ways that like I knew He was probably going to use in some way, um, but I was still giving Him that stiff arm. And then I think really when we moved out to Texas to take that role with World Vision, in my mind that was like, okay, this is God get me out of my comfort zone. This is what He was calling me to. And so I kind of like loosened that stiff arm, but still kind of kept Him here, knowing yeah. that that probably wasn't it. And when I met Ben, I, I knew, and he and I had a conversation real early on. Uh, like a weekend had just started of like, yeah, I know God's calling me to this. I was like, I don't know what that looks like. And so really for me, ultimately, when it came to last summer, when we first started talking about this transition, I just said, all right, God, like I'm, I'm putting my hands down. Like I'm ready for whatever you got for me. Yeah. That's, that's so wild to think about, you know, just three years ago, you were just a normal citizen, (laughs) which, you know, you still are, but now you're, you're pastoring a bunch of people in a congregation. Do you ever feel like extra like burden or extra weight because of that? Is there any extra pressure on you because uh, every Sunday you got to deliver or? Um, when I get inside my own head too much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but God has a has an awesome way of reminding me that he doesn't need me for any of mm-hmm. this, but he chose me for it, you know? And the fact that he chose me tells me that like, hey, he's going to, He's going to fill in the gaps. You know, yeah. he calls me to be faithful. Like, yeah, I can't just like put in two hours of prep work on a message. Right. I still need to be faithful to put in the time. 
but ultimately it, it's him who's going to guide those words. I mean, he can change them from the time they leave my mouth to the time they hit your ears, mm -hmm. you know, the impact that they're going to have. Like, and so all I, all he calls me to do is to be faithful. And so it's yeah. moments, you know, especially like Sunday mornings when I'm doing the final prep for the message where I realize like, all right, God, like I'm trusting you gave me the right words, but if you didn't, I'm trusting that you're going to change them or that they're going to hit people the way that they need to hit. And when I yeah. realize that, all the burden's gone, man. And then I just get pumped to bring the message or to, you know, to, to do whatever I'm doing. And so, um, I just, if I get myself out of the way, then there's, there's no burden. And I know when I'm in that's my own cool. way, when I'm feeling that weight and I'm feeling that pressure. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And that, that resonates to me in a lot of ways. Like, especially when you're not feeling confident about a certain thing that you know you can do, or you know, you're skilled at. And I'm not saying like, you know, this is a little bit different because your you know pastoral role is different from like a like a job or like a like a full time job or like some like let's say I was gonna go shoot video right like I know I can do it. You still get nervous. You still have these you know doubts. But once you get out of the way of yourself, it's just it just starts flowing, you know. And it's like not up to you almost at that yeah. point, you know. And I'm I'm sure a lot of people have have experienced that yeah. in some sort of form, but yeah. it's a little different when it's you know you're talking to people in a congregation. Um, what is your do you have like a process that you do every time like a ritual you do before leading up to a, a sermon on sunday or do you kind of just change it up every time like throughout the week mm -hmm. uh it changes a little bit just because again like working the multiple jobs but yeah um i've got kind of an outline i try to use for my sermon prep but ultimately for me my, my favorite time man is, is sunday mornings uh so we used to always do set up and tear down like all hands on deck but uh lately we've actually had whoever's preaching uh, it doesn't have to come set up. And so I normally get to the, get to the office around 7am and I'll spend two hours there really just in prayer. Um, my prayer always is like, all right, God, if this is what you want your people to hear, then just, Hey, continue to just like allow me to, 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 to really own this and internalize it. I was like, but if you want to change it, if any of these words are from me and not from you, tell me now and I'll change it. It actually happened this past Sunday is I got there. I prayed that prayer as I always do. I should probably start praying it earlier in the week, <laughs> but I prayed that and, and really felt God leading me to, to end the message in a different direction. And so I spent that time doing that, but that's, that's become my, one of my favorite moments of the week is just that, yeah. that still quiet time to, to hear from God. I think he just, um, I don't know, just the, the Holy spirit just minister ministers to me in a unique way on those Sunday mornings before I bring the word. And so I always end up leaving there, getting to getting to church at, you know, nine, nine 30, yeah. just feeling pumped up and ready to go. That was a, that was a, you weren't planning to say that at the end or that wasn't kind of something you were, uh, I was planning to go in a different direction. Um, and honestly, like I had felt if I'm being honest, like the couple of days beforehand, I was like, I don't know that this is the right direction to go. And then Sunday morning, I think God just kind of revealed a couple of things to me of kind yeah. of, I think where, where it needed to end up. And it's not the first time he's done that, but you know, I think it's just needing to be open to the, the way he's moving right. and what he wants to say mm -hmm. through me and not just be so rigid about, well, these are the words that I wrote. This is what I plan to say. And sometimes that happens even while I'm up there, you know, um, I'll hear something from, from the Holy spirit and realize I need to, you know, Go a different direction. Sometimes I'll do that on the fly. Yeah, sorry, just cut out a little bit, but that's, that's all good. good. Yeah, it's all good. Um, that's awesome, man. Because I, I, that was the bracelet talk, right? That's when you. Yeah, yeah. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a really good one. Yeah. I, I sent it to my family. I'm not sure if they watched, but it was <laughs> a really good one. I think you hit the nail right on the head with that one, or God did, you know. Yeah. And I think that message was. Cause I had a little bit to do with like political views, right? Like mm -hmm. a, a little bit to do yeah. with that, but not in terms of like which side you're on in terms of how to deal with either side. Right. That's the kind of what I got from it. Yeah. Almost like not, you're not right on the, on the you know right side or the left side, but you got to love yeah. everybody, anybody. Yeah. It's where, where's your heart at, right? right. Like Jesus would have been, you know, probably conservative in some ways and liberal in other ways, but yeah. ultimately like love is what drove him to, to care for people, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And that brand is really cool. I actually, yeah. before you even, even, you know, I have a hoodie of theirs and hoodie. I've had it for months. Yeah. yeah I, back when I was in Marble Falls, I had a hoodie yeah. and came with the bracelet <clears throat> and I was like, man, what a cool, like what a cool brand, like what a cool brand to, to just, I don't know, show the love of God and, and explain it almost explain like, I love it. It's like, what would Jesus do? It's like the brand is literally the, the answer to that question. Yeah. And that is so cool. 
And you get asked on it a lot when you just have like, because the hoodie I have, it just says, I think, H-W-L-F. Yeah. yeah. And so you get asked about it and I'm like, oh, it means he would love first. And it's the answer to the question, what would Jesus do? Yeah. And so, I don't know, it's just a good reminder, like, duh he would love first you know and we forget that all the time yeah well i love that it's the answer to the question yeah. uh and it's not because you know i remember when i was little i'd wear the wwjd bracelet mm-hmm. but like you leave that open up to your own interpretation <laughs> right it's <laughs> like well i think jesus would do this and it's like well, right where's that in scripture yeah ultimately like the best most appropriate answer is that he would love first yeah you know what i mean so don't leave it up to your own interpretation like yeah look at what scripture says um daniel via real was saying that he gets you know he orders stuff from them a lot he loves their yeah. brand and he said that uh, they kind of have like a little friendship with the people up there That's and they'll cool. send them some shirts every now and then or like they'll throw extra shirts in their order. Yeah. Pretty cool. That's awesome. It's cool though that a young person started that brand and it's like how wise is that? Like how like true is that, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it doesn't have to be somebody who's had years of experience with, you know, faith or even, you know, marketing or branding or whatever. Like this guy was like, I, you know, thought about it, was probably called the to make that the name of their brand and they're probably helping a bunch of people yeah. out, helping yeah. a bunch of people remember yeah. like, you know, what to do in certain situations. Yeah. That's the thing about our faith though, man, right? Is it's so countercultural, counterintuitive to everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw a few weeks ago, we had little Charlie <coughs> Smith, right? Six year old getting baptized. And that led to one of the guys in our congregation. I think he'd be okay with me saying like a recovering addict, yeah. like step up and say, Hey, you know what? Like that inspired me. I want to change my life. I want to be baptized too. And so that was, that yeah. was taught our, our, our buddy that got baptized on Easter Sunday. Yeah, you know, that was cool. So it just goes to show you, man, like it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter, you know, if you went to seminary and been, you know, wanted to be a pastor your whole life or if you got kind of thrown into it you know, later in life like I did, you know, it's like God's, God can use any of us. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 100%. 100%. That's the truth. And that's something my, my family's always told me growing up, which is super, you know, I'm super blessed and thankful that they did and, I don't know. It's it's crazy to see. You know, it's funny. It's crazy to see that the stuff that your parents teach you, eventually you incorporate that into your lives. Like sometimes, <laughs> like whether it's, you know, my dad telling a dumb joke to a waitress at a restaurant and then me saying that same joke <laughs> and then like kind of like hit, like what did I just do? <laughs> or whether it's like, you know, you could do anything if you believe and you have that faith or, you know, it all comes for a full circle, man. Yeah. That that's why it's, it's important to be intentional, right? With our relationships mm-hmm. and with, way I'm raising my kids, the way I'm, you know, interacting with you, like is, you know, we are kind of who we hang around, you know, we are what we believe. And, and so, man, what are we, what are we filling our minds with? Right. Mm-hmm. Is it with the, the words from the world or is it, you know, the words of God? And right. ultimately, I know I pointed to it this last Sunday in the sermon is like, man, like we've got all the answers. We've got all the wisdom we need. It's right there in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And yet we're trying to take all this information from everywhere else. That's why for me, like, especially like with raising Caleb, right. He'll ask me something. I'm like, Sometimes I'll answer first my own answer and like, nope, like let's look, let's look to scripture. Like what, what Bible story can I remind him of, of yeah. where this was done well and not put my, my own self in there, but like try to point him back to scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's so cool, man. I, I'm super fortunate to, to know you. You're truly one of the nicest guys I've ever met. We, we, <laughs> we have yet to get coffee though and have like a deeper let's conversation, it, but we got to set that up. But, um, dude, I'm, <laughs> That was such a great conversation. I don't want to expand it on stuff that, you know, kind of just blabber. So I tend to do that. But <laughs> Ryan, thank you for coming, man. That of was course, an man. hour long, but it was packed full of knowledgeable stuff and yeah. very useful information. Um, I'm very honored that you came, man. I'm, I pre- really appreciate it. I'm honored to be here, man. I've listened to, I think, every episode. And so it's Let's uh, go. I'm humble, humbled to be here, man, in the studio. And so excited go, to hopefully man. do it again sometime. Yeah, man. I got, oh, by the way, I don't know if you heard that. It's weird asking, hey, did you listen to me talk the other day? But uh, I, I met some or uh, was looking for a table. Did you hear that kind of story? Uh-uh. So I was looking for a table because as you can see, that one's a little shorter. Yeah. It's a different size. It's way smaller. And uh, Daniel had this other desk that was connected originally. And he took it back because he needed it for his office. And so I was like, man, that sucks. I'm out of a desk. Like I need a desk. And so... I was looking on Facebook Marketplace because that's where we kind of found these. Um, and some guy was in Round Rock. He custom made these. Uh, and they're they're good. You know, they're good. And they were really cheap. They're like 150 bucks, which pretty cheap for handcrafted wood, you know. Um, so I found this guy and he was like, you know, has very reasonable prices in his stuff. And so I hit him up. I was like, hey, man, what do you charge for a table? Like 
not sure of the dimensions yet, but I know it's for my podcast. Like, what do you got for me? And then he was like, dude, I usually charge like this much, but if you give us like a shout out, like we can work together on some sort of deal, like we'll, nice. we'll figure it out. But anyways, it's custom and it's wood. He's going to make it look like this design that I picked out. He's going to put my logo on it. He's going to put his logo on it. Nice. I told him he could you know, brand himself yeah. too. And I just worked out so perfectly, man. And it was like perfect timing and it'll probably be ready like a week and a half, nice. two weeks. So I'm freaking pumped for that. I don't have to deal with like a shorter table or like, you know, these are like not super stable. So you're reaching the influencer status, man. You got to help them sell some tables now. All those uh, AB club hopefully, listeners. Hopefully, man. <laughs> I don't want to be an influencer, but yeah, it's just cool. It's yeah. just super shocking to me and super like, I was just humbled by it because I listen to all these podcasts and then in the middle they're like, hey, brought to you by, you know, yeah. XYZ brand. And I'm like, man, that'd be so cool to do this as like, and help people out in yeah, the process because sure. not only is he helping me but i'm helping him hopefully by getting people attention to his stuff yeah um i don't know it was just yeah. super cool it's yeah. super humbling and i was i was pumped man i was super yeah. pumped when he when he asked me so it was cool that's cool man you're making an impact with what you're doing i know you say you're not an influencer but you are and you're <laughs> you're getting people's stories out there and i think uh i think it's having a bigger impact than you realize man and so definitely be be Hope praying so. for you as you go along and excited it, to watch the journey bro thank you man i appreciate it you thank it. you uh thank you for being here man i appreciate it of course all righty